Amen. Well, welcome. Amen, and welcome to Lake Church. We're so glad that you're here. We are glad that you braved those horrible road conditions to join us. So, hey, if you live in some of them back roads, I don't know, they might be bad on them back roads, but hey, we're glad that you're here. We want to give you the opportunity to partner with us here at LC and be uh, in on what God is doing through this junction right here. Uh, In this last year, we built that crazy student ministries facility. If you have not been in there, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous what God is able to do with us as we partner together with his vision. And uh, here's the special thing about that is when you sow into that, you get credited for it just as much as any preacher, just as much as any missionary, just as much as anybody with any high calling that you think they might have. You get as much credit just sowing into it financially as somebody who sows into it in another way. And so we just want to give you the opportunity to do that. There's envelopes on the seat back in front of you. There is a number you can text to give that'll flash across the screen, and you can give online at lake-church.com. Anybody looking for breakthrough financially this year? Okay, amen, amen. I, when I was 16, Pastor Bob taught me the principle of tithing, and from that place, I've never struggled financially. It does not require six figures. Financial breakthrough does not require six figures. Let me say that again. Some of y'all believing for more money. Yes, more money will be nice. I will not stop you from dreaming it, okay? I will not stop your prayers. But, however, be faithful with what you have right now. And you will walk financially free whether you make $10,000 or whether you make a million. And so, I just want to leave you with that. Avail yourself to the offering envelopes, and I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to sow. We thank you for the ability to partner with this house and what you desire to do. We thank you for our pastors and and, and the vision that they always present to us that's fresh, and we're honored to take a part in what you want to do here at Lake Church. And so we thank you for everybody in the room. All their needs being met in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Good morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah. The winter apocalypse is upon us. Amen. I'm glad we averted that class three death storm that everybody was talking about. And we're here today. Amen. And God has something special for those that will pay the price, get up, do what no one else will do. God sees your heart today. And God is going to reward accordingly. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to be discussing this uh, book called Train and Power to Discover, and my goal for you is to be able to uh, discover who you really are, because identity is the key to functioning at the high level that God has created you to function in. When many of us are identified with the wrong things, and that's the reason why we don't see uh, what, um, what we need to see out of our spiritual lives. 
But before we do, we've, we just had a wonderful time last Sunday night at Sunday Night School and uh, just had a wonderful time discussing some things. And tonight, we also have another class. So we've got uh, a class called Reset. Reset. And can Bob get the microphone and let, let, let Bob tell you what he's going to minister on this at 6 o'clock tonight? Do we have the mic for Bob? He can yell. I know that. But uh, tell him what you're going to be uh, talking about tonight. Sure I need this thing? Yes, sure. Reset is um, God gave it to me because, you know, 2020, 2021, we as Christians have been, if you will, out of sync with God, with the Holy Spirit, with giving, with attendance. I mean, we have been knocked off and, and you know, just kind of out of track and out of place with God. So reset is basically, let's get ourselves back in line with what God wants us to do. Tonight's class, we're going to talk about being in his presence and what that affords us and what we can do with that. So we'll be here at 6 tonight. Come and join us. It's, uh, you know, open question and answer. And, uh, you know, looking forward to it. And Bob's going to make his world-famous enchiladas for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. I want to encourage you that can make it to make those classes. They're greatly enriching and will help you. And uh, a lot of the things we, we get to go delve in deeper to subjects that uh, uh, maybe we don't have the time or the ability to do so on a Sunday morning. Uh, Wednesday night, we kind of do verse-by-verse verse Bible study, things of that nature. But um, these classes are really for you to be able to uh, ask questions, interact, um, you know, really uh, get down to the nitty-gritty on things. Amen? We had a fun time this past Sunday night, and uh, we're gonna looking forward to it. And then we've got another one that's coming up uh, called Flow, and uh, Jeff's going to be doing that and next week we'll let him get up here and give you a sample and and uh, I just believe it'll be beneficial how many want to grow in 2022 amen well let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4 but I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation he says so I kneel humbly in all before the Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth and I pray that he would unveil within you. Notice that. He would unveil within you. Hallelujah. The unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. How many will take some of that? Amen. It says, then... By constantly using your faith. Notice that's the key. You see, the just shall live by what? Faith. The just shall live by faith. So it's a faith life. Not just simply an active, single act of faith, but it's a faith life. It says, then, by constantly using. How many? Constantly? What is constantly? It means all the time. 
doesn't mean just when we get in trouble, when the doctor gives us a bad report, or when things are imploding around us, we constantly use our faith. We live by it, amen? By constantly using our faith, the life of Christ will be released. Now notice this. The constant use of our faith is so that the life of Christ can be released. Let me say that again. This is your early Christmas present, all right? The constant use of your faith is what releases the life of Christ in your life. The constant use of your faith. I remember Genesis 17. We talked a little bit about it. Genesis 17. Remember, uh, God comes to Abram and he says, you know, basically reveals himself as El Shaddai. And he says this. He says, walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, when you read that in the King James, you begin to read, oh, my goodness, I better get it right. You know, I better get right. You know, the Lord is with me. But that's not what the, um, the Hebrew says. The Hebrew says this. Walk before me and in the walking I will make you whole let's let that sink in because a lot of times our Christianity is such a struggle for us because we want you see microwave results and Jesus clearly brings us into a journey Many times, you know, when, 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 when I got hit in my body, um, you know, I wanted it to change immediately. You know, get me out of this. I don't want this anymore. And you know what? There are times in which instantaneous healing happens in a person's life. Did you know that? But no matter whether it's instantaneous or through a process, healing's still the same. There's no wrong way to get healed, folks. Amen? And what he did was he invited me on a journey. I was just as much healed the minute I prayed than I am today. But it was in procession. What was that procession? That procession was by constantly using my faith or walking with the Lord the life of God began to manifest in my body. But people, they want an instant prayer. You know, I've had people get diagnosed with terminal illnesses and want us to come over and immediately, and praise God, we do. But sometimes laying hands on them and praying a prayer over them immediately is not what's needed. There needs to be, you know, an evaluation of where we're at with the Lord because I'm telling you, the minute I leave after praying a prayer, the attack comes. And you better know that you know that you know and be thoroughly convinced because faith is a firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing. It isn't just something, oh, well, you know, pastor came by and he slapped some oil on me and, you know, that's, that's not going to cut it because the devil's just going to make you, you know, he's going to tempt you and test you in that. But if you know that you know that you know, it doesn't matter what symptoms come against your body, you're standing. I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Come on now. So it's the constant progressive use of your faith. 
It's the constant progressive use of your faith. What are your declarations? What are you speaking over your life? What scriptures are you basing your, your season of life on right now? Do you even have any? See, these are building blocks that give us the ability to, to achieve things that we wouldn't otherwise be able to achieve. And that's the whole goal of this is to empower you to discover who you really are so that you can begin to operate in that. Amen? Now notice what, notice what he says right here. He says, Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That's where we want to be. Is where the source of our life is not our job, not our pension, not our relationships, not our material possessions, but the source and root of our life is Christ in us, the hope of glory. When we get a hold of that root, there is nothing in this world that can stop us. Oh, there's things that can stop this body. There are things that can cause this body to quit. But guess what? This body ain't you. I said, this body ain't you. Amen? And then he says, then you will be empowered to discover. I like to say it this way, then and only then. Will you be empowered to discover, okay? You'll be empowered, and that's where I got the title for the first train lesson was Empowered to Discover. And so we're going to endeavor to get into this. So what if I told you that you have been duped into believing a lie about who you are? What if I showed you that the real reason for your existence has been concealed from you? What if I revealed to you that your life is so important that it has been conspired against, it has been strategized against, it has been plotted against and planned against? Things have been devised to keep you from seeing who you really are. What if I told you that your destiny is in plain sight? Your destiny is in plain sight. Some of you think, well, I don't know what I'm called. It's in plain sight. It's right in front of you. But the camouflage of this world has kept it concealed from you. Would you be surprised? That this entire world system, Noah, everything I can touch and taste and feel and see is keeping me from seeing who I really am. Now, you've got to totally change your paradigm. You've got to totally change the way that you see you. And that's what the Bible is for. That's the whole reason for the Bible. The Bible, you know, I mean, for, for thousands upon thousands of years, man has lived a certain way and does not have any idea that there's other life. There's another life to live. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus speaks to fig trees and walks on water and 
casts out devils and raises the dead. And, and then he goes on and he says, the works that I do, you'll do. He's basically displaying the last Adam, the last Adam. He was the last Adam. He was as Adam was in the world, the last Adam. And you and I, if we're born again here today, we are descendants of the last Adam. That means the redeemed son of God that was raised from the dead to newness of life and great power and great glory has now come to replicate his life in each and every one of us. And where he is the firstborn among the dead, we are the second, the third, the fourth, the five hundredth, the five millionth child of God that has been raised to newness of life through his resurrection life. Amen. But you have to understand that you've been plugged into a system that wants to hide that from you. They want you to get so immersed in flesh activities that you're not aware of the spiritual capacity and the access of greater dimension in God to be able to live an overcoming life. See, this flesh is limited in its capacity to express itself and its capacity to be able to function and its capacity to be able to make things happen. If you, you know, what we can do in the flesh is quite incredible, is it not? Is it not? I mean, athletics and things of that nature. But however, it is the least of our dimensions. The Bible says that we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. So we've got to start seeing the body, as I said last week, we've got to start seeing the body the way the Bible puts and classifies the body and begin to get an awareness of what, who we really are on the inside. Because you are not your body. Your body is a vehicle. It's a suit. It's a car. Okay? If someone goes out and points their finger at my car and say, that's Greg, they'd be wrong. You understand that? There's something in here driving this body. There's something in here seen out of these lenses. There's someone in the, on the inside of you that is hooked up to this suit to be able to enact, interact with the physical dimension. But the enemy wants you to believe that that's the only life there is. That only what I can see, only what I can hear, only what I can taste and touch is reality. And in fact, majority of education is built upon teaching us and making us proficient in that belief system. They will mock anything that is unseen. Anything that is unseen, they mock. Even though they don't have any explanation for some of the things that happen, they will mock you for believing that there is an invisible realm 
that is superior and greater than the physical realm that you and I live in today. Okay? And so basically what happens is, is that education becomes a tool, a weaponized tool, that will begin to develop your carnal mind to such a degree that it will, it will be a more formidable enemy to your faith. And so it begins to come against the unseen realm. No, that can't be true because we know this and we know that. How many realize this? Man does not know everything. I know a lot of people that think they do know everything. We call them know-it-alls. But they don't. We have a very infant, you know, uh, ability to understand the entire cosmos around us. We, we don't understand it. I remember uh, reading an old set of encyclopedias. How many remember the encyclopedia days? I remember finding an old set of encyclopedias, opening them up. These are encyclopedias that your parents would take loans to have in your home so they would give you a heads up on your education, and they're out of date. The information is wrong. Hello. And now we have something called the Internet, you know, and it's very fluid. So things alter and change all the time. And so we're constantly being schooled and reschooled and reschooled on how to interact and how to interchange within this global matrix. All the while at the expense of showing you who you really are. Because the more I identify with the flesh, the more I suppress the things of the Spirit. Are you with me? Your flesh is a blindfold. Did you know that? It's a blindfold. Because the minute the real you pops out of that body... You're going to see everything. You're going to see the entire unseen realm. This suit here keeps you only seen in one realm, the physical realm. But you pop right out of that mouth like you will one day. You will see demons. You will see angels. You will see everything. And, and see, my goal for you in 2022 is that it will not take you by surprise. That you're not going to go, oh. If I knew that, oh, if I, you know, if I'd listened to Pastor Greg, you know, and knew that, you know, I could have really done this. And I, how many, how many realize that when you had that split second revelation of how this thing works because you see something? Because how many realize that once you see something, you can't unsee it? And then once you see it, you go, my goodness, I, mean, I, I know how to do it now. I know, you know. People that get older in life, we, we, we get, it isn't that we overcome life, you know, personally. It's just we just know some things. And we're able to walk in some things, avoid some things, things of that nature. Well, that wisdom enables us to walk at a higher level. 
What if you saw it and you were able to live as Jesus lived? Well, that's our goal. That's the whole goal of this. Your life pursuit should be more like Jesus. And that doesn't mean just being a good old boy. That's, that's one, of the, one of the biggest psychological operations of the enemy is to teach you that being like Jesus just means I'm just a good person. I'm just a good person. <laughs> if he can get you in that, get you in those moral games, get you in that religious checklist, get you into trying to dot every I and cross every T, then he's going to totally get you in a flesh relationship. And it's going to be at the expense of who you really are. Religion is not who you are. You were never meant to operate in religion. Are you getting this? So the Apostle Paul prays that by continuously using our faith, the life of God begins to expand in us and begins to come through us. And then we're empowered to discover some things. Amen? Okay. So Noah, would you come up here? I'm going to pick on Noah here. John, would you come up here? Jeff, would you come up here? Hallelujah. Clayton, would you come up here? We've got some handsome men here. We're going to auction them off right now. <laughs> okay, let's say Noah. Come up here, my brother. This is Noah before Christ. Kind of slouch over. You're just not really feeling very well. All right? Now, God wrote a book about this man. The substance of his life was already in God's heart and in God's mind. And so he sees the plight of the human dilemma, and he says, you know what? I'm going to create Noah. And so he, you know, uh, decides to work through Noah's mom and dad. They come together, they create one flesh. That's what one flesh means. Two people coming together, creating one flesh. Yes. Here is the one flesh right here, this, this body right here, Okay. This is the one flesh. But within him is far different than this. Now, in his spirit, he's going to look the same as Noah does. Better, better looking. Better looking because he's in the image of Christ. Okay? But yet, his spirit man has an even larger capacity to be able to operate than his physical body. His physical body can only interact with physical things. Your mental capacity or soul capacity can only interact with solical things. But your spiritual capacity can open the door to the source of both psychic life and physical life. Spiritual life is the parent of all life. Oh, get on. Spiritual life is the parent of all life. 
That means that spiritual life imparted into the body supersedes psychic disturbances, emotional problems, and physical ailments. The very life that was used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead through the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of Noah. But before Christ, he is alienated from that source. He has psychic life and he has physical life, but he does not have spiritual life. He operates in the opposite, which is spiritual death. Spiritual death is not connected to life. It is not connected to God. It is not connected to the source. The enemy knows that there's something going around the earth called the gospel. And he knows that if Noah finds out about this gospel, that he's no longer going to own Noah. Because the payment for Noah has already been paid. So his goal is is to keep Noah ignorant. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Keep Noah in the dark. Now, he's not just content with Noah just having the sin nature. He wants to bombard Noah with all kinds of various information that keeps him from reaching out to God and pursuing the Lord. And what they try to do or what they endeavor to do is they put you in situations in which they traumatize you. Because trauma splits in between the veil of the mind and begins to implant thoughts and desires and dreams and things of that nature that are contrary to your original design. They're basically stepping you into a place in which you actually believe that you're something that you're not. And that could be positive and that could be negative. There are people that are oblivious to how they are not who they think they are in their grandeur and in their beauty. They're oblivious to it. But then we have people that are oblivious to their own ability to be impactful, to be resourceful, to be successful. They're blind to it. And this is all a psychological operation of the enemy because the enemy wants to keep you from your source. If he can keep you from the source, he's going to take you right straight down to hell and you will never experience the life of God ever. Are you with me? So what he does is he begins to traumatize Noah. And trauma comes in different shapes and sizes, does it not? Trauma can be sexual, you know, uh, abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse. It can be simple words, or it can be actions that come in and begin to split the soul to where they can create a habitation of devils within him to keep him from seeing the truth. Okay? 
So let's say that Jeff is a traumatic event. And uh, sorry, Jeff. I'm He's a dynamic event. <laughs> and so what happens is, as um, you know, say, let's say that little Noah at eight years old, he has a situation in which um, a person that he held in high regard hurt him, called him stupid and dumb, said he would never amount to anything. That he's just like, you know, the rest of the family. We're just a bunch of dummies, you know. We're, we're, we ain't going anywhere, and you ain't going anywhere. Maybe it was said in a drunken stupor. Maybe it was said under the influence of drugs. Maybe it was said just because they got ticked off. But the enemy seizes the opportunity. And he brings in this spirit, wrap, your, wrap around him. Okay. All right. So now, you know, Noah's not just necessarily walking around with the, the nature of the devil on the inside of him, but he's got a buddy too. And so anybody that tries to tell him any different, you know, Noah, man, you're, you're really smart. You know, you could really do, you go into business for yourself. Well, guess who's going to tell him otherwise? This guy right here is just going to grip on him. Go ahead and grip on him. Going to grip on him. He's going to hear, you know, see, that's exactly what people do. They sit and smile. They sit and smile, and they feel the grip on the inside, don't they? Have you ever done that? Yes, yes. And all the while, it feels like someone. Now, that buddy's been around him the entire time since eight years old. Without Christ, he doesn't even know he's got this baggage. The only way he can see it is spiritually because that's where the devil hides. Okay? So another thing, you know, I mean, he kind of gets an idea. Hey, you know, I think I could go in business for myself. All I need is education. Okay? So he goes into some of the fine schools that are around here to learn education. He wants to learn to be in business. But yet he gets instructors that instead of talking about the course that your parents paid for, they want to talk about the God of the Bible or puritanical thought. Or, you know, the matriarchy, or the patriarchy, or BLM, or, come on now, I'm not paying them for that. You understand what I'm saying? So he gets in there, and, you know, he's trying to do right, read his Bible, do what he needs to do. But, I mean, these instructors, every day, bam, sorry, bam. <laughs> Bam. Bam. What Grandma said ain't true. Grandma was stupid. Grandma was dumb. That's basically what they're saying. The older generation is dumb and stupid. I am a professor. I am tenured here. That means I've never held a job. 
but I know best. Yeah, you know, I smoke a little weed and do a little LSD and things of that nature, but that's my business. I've had five marriages, but you're supposed to listen to me because I've got letters behind my name. Oh, come on now. I'm not against school. Don't be sitting there, pastors against school. I'm not against school. I'm against you going in there and just sucking everything down. All they deal with is the natural. That's all they know. You are a supernatural creation of God. And there are people that go into college knowing that they're a new creation, knowing that the supernatural power of God, and they get indoctrinated and immersed in the natural walk that is in that school, and they come out like this. I don't know if God is even real anymore. I don't know. Daddy, you're wrong. Mama, you're wrong. I ain't going down to that. You get off on spring break or Christmas break. Don't even come to church anymore. Because they let some fat professor. Here's our professor right here. But I'm sorry, John. I didn't <laughs> grab a hold of him. So Professor Hurd here is constantly in this man's, he hears lectures that he's heard. He can't forget books he's read. And every time God wants to try to move through the gospel, Professor keeps talking. Well, the Hindu religion is older than than um, you know Judaism and you know, well it's all in the Bible it'll tell you why that's the case you got to get in a Bible believing church not some church where we just sing three songs and a poem and go leave Well, here he is. He's bogged down even more. He's got, got the sin nature. He's separated from the source. But the devil's made sure. Trauma from the family. Trauma from education. See, I'm supposed to trust education. I'm taught to trust it. I'm taught to trust it. I'm taught, well, teachers would never lie. They would never tell me something that wasn't true. Wake up. Come on. Wake up. Well, they're a doctor. Listen, I've sent people for counseling to doctors. And some of the stuff that they came away from that counseling, it just, it just made me want to just go down there and lay hands on them suddenly and not forget to pray. <laughs> So he keeps going through life and he gets to the age where he, he finds him a beautiful woman and he proposes to her and, and uh, they get married and then all of a sudden they start having problems. 
because Jesus isn't the source, they're having a bunch of problems, and then all of a sudden it ends up in a horrible divorce, a traumatized event that causes a horrible divorce, and all of a sudden what happens is the rejection and the pain from that go over the top there. Just grabs a hold of him. <laughs> See, you have to understand that when you bump into people, you're not just bumping into what you see. You're bumping into all of that. And that's the reason why, you know, evangelism is, is difficult and hard. It's because you're not just talking to this person. If, it was just, if you were just talking to him, it wouldn't be that hard. But you're talking to this. You're talking to this secret world is what you're talking to. This is a secret world. He hasn't told anybody about this. He's never told about what, what that, you know, Grandpa did. He, he, he's not telling you about his times in college in which he let himself loose and opened himself up to all kinds of stuff. And he's certainly not going to tell you everything that happened in his marriage because he didn't want to look bad. <laughs> and this is what he's in. So the Apostle Paul tells us that even when Christ is in our heart, listen, listen very quick, very clearly. Say, for instance, I come and I begin to talk to him about the gospel. I begin to share that Jesus became Noah to free Noah from Noah and from the enemy. He embraces that gospel message. He calls upon the name of the Lord. These things, they don't leave, but they kind of loose their grip a little bit. They don't have as much influence because the source has come into his life. And because he's in that honeymoon stage of his walk with the Lord, they're not talking into his ear as much. Doesn't mean they've left. Just means that they've kind of quieted down a little while. They're letting Noah have his day in the sun. But they're still there. Okay? So what they seek to do is, is they're okay because the devil is not that concerned about where you go when you die. Let me say that again. The devil is not concerned about where you go when you die. He could care less. He just wants you dead. Because he is about this here and now. He is not about heaven, and he's really not about hell. He's about, he wants to control terra firma. He wants to control this. And the only way he can control this is by influencing the people of the earth to do his will and to do his desires. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when someone gets born again, they become a new creation. That means the old sin nature is totally taken out of Noah. He's totally, now he's got the life of God on the inside of him. He has the nature of Christ on the inside of him. 
The devil knows that he cannot stop what Jesus has done in Noah's life. And he cannot take Noah to hell with him. He knows that the lake of fire is no longer the destiny of Noah because Noah has called upon the name of the Lord and received the gift of salvation. But he has already preemptively made it to where although Noah has a ticket to heaven, the enemy wants to ensure that he will have hell upon the earth. So that's the reason why the Apostle Paul says that we have to be empowered to discover. Why do we need empowerment to know something? Because all this other information is not just sitting around and lying on the couch. It's not just, you know, just passively eating Krispy Kremes and just sitting around. It's actively pursuing and destroying your mindset to where you cannot access the life of God. So he gets saved, gets in a good Bible-believing church, and the pastor starts talking about Nephilim. Grab a hold of him real tight. Nephilim, and man, the college comes back. Giants? He begins to talk about the, the family and the role of the father, and all of a sudden, bam. Then he finds a good girl in the church and he's pursuing that relationship. But instead of doing it, you know, God's way, because you know what? He feels like he's been hurt by marriage. He's messing around, playing around, doing things he shouldn't. Why? Because the rejection of the former relationship has enslaved him and is choking him. Now look, look at, look at, look at this, because this is important. Because I'm going to read this scripture again. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. And when you see it, you need to give God a shout. So, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within me. See, here, here's the thing about it. All this is around him, but the answer is in here. See, he could, he could ask for help. And people, you know, my goodness, you know, how many have ever tried to do this for people? How many have ever tried to do... Well, you're, you know... You just, you just need to, you know, get positive, man. Just get positive. Just get, to, you know, I mean, just let it go. Just let it go. Forgive and move. Well, you are not that. You, you need to realize you're, you're, that's not you. you. But to no avail. They're clinging on. And you know what? He's carrying his Bible. He's showing up every time the church doors are open. 
He's serving in the church. He's alive. If he died, you know, they would release him. His body would release him because guess who they're attached to? They're not attached to a spirit. They're attached to his flesh. They're attached to the carnal mind. So the minute that spirit and soul escapes that body, these stay here. They don't go with him. Here's the sad part. People live their whole lives and never recognize this. Never. They never even know that they're in bondage. Are you getting anything out of this? Is this helping you? Okay, all right. We've been empowered to discover. These guys are closer than they want to get. <laughs> Do we need any mints? Noah, you're the one that has to smell it then. <laughs> but notice this. He says he prays that he would unveil within him the unlimited riches. What's going to unlock this oppression? Unlimited riches within him. Amen? The unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength. Notice that the strength comes through revelation. Let me say that again. I don't think this side's getting this. Strength comes through revelation. How many have said this? Lord, give me strength. Give me strength. How does he give us strength? Revelation. Revelation. He will give us a word. Now, you didn't say, Lord, give me strength, and all of a sudden, no, you got a word. You got a word. And with that word, you're given the strength to break free from these things. Amen? Notice this, all right? So I've received this strength, this divine might, and this explosive power. Then, by constantly using my faith, as he continues to use his faith, what happens? What happens? The life of Christ will be released, and then these things begin to take less and less dominance over his life. Now, this is a perfect picture of what happens. Notice they haven't went anywhere. Wake up, guys. They haven't went anywhere. They're still around him. They just don't have a hold of him. There's a difference between me being by you and me being like this. There's a big difference. You've got to understand that just because I get relief doesn't mean that they are gone. It just means that they're waiting an opportunity 
to step back in and to grab a hold again. Because they've done their work in this man for years and years and years. Here's a spiritual principle that you need to understand. If you go back to the second chapter of the book of Genesis, you see that the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground. Now, that wasn't the man. That was simply the body. God creates a habitation and then puts in the substance. That's a spiritual principle. It also works when it comes to other spirits. They seek to create a habitation through a belief system, through a thought pattern, through some kind of idea, begins to build it, and then creates it to be inhabited. Why do I need to be empowered to discover? Because these powers exceed my ability in the natural to resist them. These powers seek to oppress me and to keep me down, and I need supernatural strength to be able to break out. Because guess what? You're going to do the cooperating with your own freedom. It isn't just going, a lot of people will go, well, if God wants to get this done, he'll just get it done. And No, you're, there's a cooperation process. There's a cooperation process with the Lord. The Lord will begin to talk to you about things that maybe you don't even see connected. Noah's sitting there and the Holy Spirit's saying, you know what? You need to release and forgive that one that spoke against you. And you're going to think, man, that was when I was eight years old. Now, I'm not telling you to go dig. You're not supposed to go digging. You know, there's people that want to take inventory of all the hurts and the pains in their life. And listen, we'd all have a big, nice little spiral notebook filled with stuff. But the truth of the matter is not everything that set out to hurt us handicapped us. But there are things that have. And so how is he going to do that? See, he's getting empowered to discover, man, I don't, I need to release that. You know, that was just dumb. He didn't know what he was doing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the kind of attitude you've got to have. And so what happens is he begins to get in resistance mode and he pushes away and he gains even more margin away from that. But notice where he's at. They don't just go, well, I guess I better go to hell. That's not what they do. That's not what they do. They go, all right, okay. We'll get you. I ain't got nothing better to do. I'll just sit here and wait. I know you've got to get on that computer tonight. I'll be there. I'll be there. 
See, the more Christ is revealed in Noah, the more he's empowered because he's no longer limited to this. He has the ability to get rid of bondages that no one can see. And by consistently using his faith, he's able to resist that more and more. Now, uh, uh, stay with me now. I got 37 seconds. <laughs> we all know that that's a lie. <laughs> Hello. He begins to get into the Word. Christ begins to start putting the pieces together for him. He begins to see the supernatural worldview. He begins to understand it from God's perspective, not man. See, natural education always sees it from the ground up. So you're not getting the full picture. Amen? So, because he's renewing his mind... God's empowering him. And what is he doing? He's resisting the old ideas from Professor So-and-so that have handicapped his ability to reach out in faith towards God. But it takes supernatural strength to do this. Strength comes from the Word of God. Do you understand that? And now he's pursuing another relationship. But these guys have been on him hard. He don't feel worthy of a relationship. He doesn't even know if marriage is even something that he would even want anymore. But because he's renewing his mind and because he is pursuing the Lord, what's happening? He's beginning to resist the old ideas and pushing them away. Now notice, here's the thing that I need you to see, and I'm going to close with this. There's a time in which you are called to resist the devil. But there's also a time in which you need to attack. Most people only fight when the devil shows up and pushes against them. Notice that the margin has been made initially by his resistance as he has been empowered to discover he's pushed these things off but yet they're still around here's what you need to do in 2022 you need to say you know what I've had a little bit of trouble in my life when it comes to parental authority and authority at all I've had problems with submission issues I've had problems with obedience issues there's rebellion that continues to work in my life even though I know I'm born again. I'm going to turn and I'm going to attack this. And I'm going to continue to push it out of my life. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm having a little bit of marriage problems. You know, kind of some of the same things I had before. You know, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to get over here, and I'm going to just attack this thing, and I'm going to pull it over here. Come on, get it, get it, get a hold of him, and get him over here and put him, get it, get rid of him. 
you know what? Bible school's starting, and I, I need to get into the Bible more. So I'm just going to attack that and begin to, do you see what I'm saying? Now, you're on the offensive. It's not just you get attacked and you respond. It's, I am sick of these people. I'm sick of them in my life. I'm not going to let them in my place anymore, and I'm going to attack them. Most people will read a book on faith, and that'll be the only book they read. They're not constantly feeding their faith. They're not constantly feeding about divine healing. I'm, I'm great that every time I've been hit, I can go to that word. But, you know, maybe the Lord wants to bring me into a realm of divine health. Where I am not in respond mode or reactive mode. I'm in proactive mode. I'm in a mode in which now I'm on the lookout. And if I see anything that's rearing its ugly head, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to deal with it before it becomes a problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? You guys can be seated. Thank them for helping me out. Every one of you in this building and every person that's watching online or will ever watch this online, I just described your life. This tells you, you are important. Because if you weren't, why would they even have to bother with it? Now, a lot of people just simply equate that. He just wants to send you to hell. He just don't want you here. And if he can't neutralize you by getting you to go to heaven soon, are dooming you to hell. He wants to cause you to live a dead life on the earth. The problem with modern education and culture is that it's just survival. It's just how I can get the edge over my brother so that I can have more money, more stuff, and more influence. And that's my life. I'm constantly racing against someone else. I'm constantly comparing myself to someone else. Why? Because I've been conditioned by this world system to only regard this. And this likes to feel good. Hello. There's some people that don't even understand that they even have different parts or different dimensions because they never put themselves in a position to even see them. Let me tell you something, friends. The comfort and ease that we all desire the life that is free of turmoil and pain and hardship is actually the life that hides from you 
your potential. The only way you're going to be able to see what's on the inside of you is through the mirror of the Word of God and applying what's in that mirror to the adversity that's in your life. It's the only way. Oh, it's got quiet, but it's the truth. It's time to break out. It's time to stop listening to what culture tells us. It's time to be a people separated. It's time for us to be who Jesus made us to be. And that means that you're going to have to lift the knife to a lot of stuff. Because one thing that I can tell you, if we, if we can look to get it in our mind's eye and envision Noah again with those three entities around him, is sometimes people will fight to keep those things. And they wonder why they're miserable. They wonder why they've got all these pills on the side of their bed. And they wonder why they can't sleep at night. And they wonder why they need their medical marijuana more and more. And they wonder why they can't get away from the computer. They wonder why all this stuff. And it's all because they don't know who they are. We shared this on Wednesday. We talked about, well, Wednesday before, we talked about the bride of Christ. Brides dress differently. They respond differently. I think we talked about it last week. The bride lives differently. A bride is different and can be picked out from a group of thousands of people. You can tell who a bride is in, in a marriage ceremony. Amen? She is set apart. Well, guess what? You're the bride. So what does that mean? I don't play in the mud. If they're playing flag football out in front of the church, I don't go join them. Why? Because I have a special attire for a special occasion for a special purpose. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands to the Lord and thank Him for His good word? Thank you, Father God, for your good word. Thank you, Lord. You've empowered us to discover. You've empowered us to discover. And we're so grateful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here, you don't know Jesus. You need to rededicate your life or you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you need healing in your body or deliverance in your mind, we're going to have some counselors that are going to be up here after our uh, announcements and close the service. They'll be right up here. And you can receive anything that you might need in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.